Welcome back to the Tasty Morsels of Critical Care podcast. Plasmapheresis, or PLEX, is one of the machines that we tend not to have responsibility for in the ICU. Unlike CRRT, we tend to defer to another specialty to do this for us, and as a result we don't need to know the same level of detail that we might need to for CRRT. However, we do need to know the basics, and in particular where it might be indicated, and indeed where it isn't indicated. So up front there are some problems with terminology here. We have plasmapheresis, which is the process of removing plasma from the blood. We have therapeutic plasma exchange, which is the removal of plasma, so that's plasmapheresis, followed by replacement with something else. So this can be clean, fresh plasma, or albumin, or even some crystalloid. And plasmapheresis is another one of those therapies that comes with a tremendously compelling physiological narrative. This is where we can rid the blood of all the evil humours. And we do something similar with CRRT, washing the blood of the nasty small particles and restoring electrolytic stability. And with plasmapheresis, the washing is much more extensive with removal of all the non-cellular components of the blood. Some good examples of pathological things that we might remove during plasmapheresis include toxic antibodies, immune complexes and even drugs. It is a rather blunt tool given that you're removing all of the circulating plasma, removing known toxins and unknown toxins, but also some important things like all of your albumin, clotting factors and all the other known components of the plasma. We can replace these things fairly easily and the body will of course continue to produce all the normal components of the plasma and indeed the abnormal bits that you were trying to remove in the first place with plasmapheresis. So it's a bit like turning the immune system on and off again and turning it off gets rid of all the circulating badness but when you turn it on again and and you click that spam link in your email then the whole sickness of badness begins again. Which is why plasmapheresis is often spectacularly unhelpful on its own without some kind of chaser of immunosuppression. So that could be steroids, or it could be a dose of everyone's favourite MAB and CD20 blocker rituximab, or one of the profound immune system bullies like cyclophosphamide. O's textbook has a box listing the established indications and splits them up as follows. So let's take the first big category, immunoproliferative disease with lots of immunoglobulin production, so things like hyperviscosity syndrome, cryoglobulinemia, or say multiple myeloma with acute kidney injury. The other big bucket of things would be autoimmune diseases with autoantibodies or immune complexes, which is what we're going to see more commonly in the ICU. So examples here would be good pastures or anti-GBM disease, thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, um, where you're removing the antibodies against the Adams TS13, Massina gravis, Guillain-Barre syndrome, catastrophic antiphospholipid syndrome. Some of the pioneoplastic diseases have named antibodies that you can remove here, and indeed some of the autoimmune encephalitides also have that. So of note, ANCA-positive vasculitis um, have typically been treated with um, plasma exchange, but the recent published PEXIVAS randomised trial would suggest that there's no great benefit, uh, though it does seem to be a continuing treatment modality. This, this kind of lack of benefit has been a trend in most of the literature, particularly when PLEX is compared with something like intravenous immunoglobulin, and the outcomes tend to be similar. Indeed, guidance would suggest for something like Guillain-Barre syndrome that you use IVIG or PLEX, but not both. And so for revision purposes, you can somewhat conflate your lists of indications for things like IVIG and PLEX. In practice, it's not unusual to see IVIG being given as the less invasive option, followed a week later by PLEX because the IVG didn't have the effect that was wanted. As Adam Thomas notes in the IBCC podcast, that there is definitely a bit of a face palm moment here, as all the pricey IVIG you've just infused is removed by the plasmapheresis. 
a few other final closing points. Removal of um, IgM is much easier as it's 75% intravascular and one or two runs of plasmapheresis is enough to clear it. IgG is much trickier as lots of it is outside the vascular compartment. Um, so it drops during plasmapheresis and then goes up again as it redistributes. This requires several runs of plex and immunosuppression to get the job done. Citrate is generally the anticoagulant of choice for the circuit, and if you're replacing with plasma, for example, rather than albumin, then remember that plasma also has a high citrate concentration also. Most of the time, to be honest, albumin replacement is all that is needed, as the liver will rapidly replete all the coagulation factors that you've just taken off. The major intensive care exception to this is TTP, where they're already so bleedy um, that depleting their coagulation factors just might be the straw that broke the camel's back, or indeed the absence of factor which broke that tenuous platelet plug. Um, references for this post would be guidelines on the use of therapeutic apheresis in clinical practice and evidence-based approach from the Writing Committee of the American Society for Apheresis, the eighth special issue. And there's a link to that in the show notes. Um, and the PEXIVAS trial was plasma exchange and glucocorticoids in severe ANCA-associated vasculitis in the New England Journal of Medicine just this year. In addition, O's Manual Chapter 99 covers this and it's well worth and indeed compulsory to listen to the IBC C podcast on ANCA positive vasculitis also. Thanks for listening.